Jim J. Bullock whipped cream, was it? And Bubba Bubba Baloney. You know that's right. It's season six, episode 14 of this podcast and of Psych, and it starts right about hmm, now. Bubba Bubba Baloney. I've heard it both ways. 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 And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. With me, riding shotgun in the blueberry, as always, is the hip-hopping, rodeo burger-eating, dance floor-burning, woo, high-flying, Celsius-drinking, Bill Belichick hating son of a gun. He's having a high time holding those alligators down. Woo, Billy, my guy, how's it going? Oh, my God. Hello. It has been a whirlwind of a day capped off by the fact that we just got a reply from the French Stewart as we prepare to embark on one of the greatest psych episodes of all time. He's a huge fan. I'm a okay. huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're talking psych season six, episode 14, autopsy turvy. And uh, this is an all timer, Billy. Mm-hmm. An absolute all-timer. Scrolling back through the season. Now, we've got two episodes left in the season. Uh, we've got the next one, which neither of us uh, we recall as being one of our favorites. But it ends, the finale, with Santa Barbara Town, and which means our recap is coming up soon. So we're going to have to get that scheduled. And we might have an extra guest with us this time around. And an um, extra special guest at that. Oh, very special guest. Uh, some say may some may say they look like Billie Jean King, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but this this looking back at the season right now, I can tell you uh, there's two that stand out right at the top for me, and it's it's this one, and it is uh, last night, Gus. And then we'll see where the where the other ones fall from that. But this this is an absolute banger, Bailey. We've been waiting to talk about this episode. I think since uh, season one, episode one. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, this is one of my all time favorites. It's grown on me, and it gets better literally every single time that I watch it. I know you have your favorites from this episode of uh, this season, as you said. I'm a big fan of the Indiana, not Indiana Jones, the Neil Simon's Lover's Retreat. That's one of my all-time favorite episodes as well. It's key. It's key. It's key line. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this one is just right from the word go, we get Woody. And that's always a good sign. And I think we said it last week. They know what they're doing with their side characters and their guest stars because they always seem to sprinkle it incorrectly and never overdo it it's brilliantly done always on this show and this is up there with american duos as a guest star appearance and there's a few guest stars in this one but one steals the spotlight so we can we can dive in here yeah yeah well well well, why don't you have the fellas tell the people of our process will you oh i can do that i usually have sean do that usually starts with a holla and ends with a creamsicle and then at this time in between, Thundercats. Ho! Oh. Oh. Um, Yeah, synopsis. A funeral mortician discovers a problem with an autopsy performed by Woody, the police coroner. Marked by an accidental death, she thinks it is murder. Sean and Gus investigates the problem to help Woody so he does not lose his job. That's actually a, a pretty, a pretty a nice, succinct uh, synopsis. Usually these things are all over the place. But this is... 
this is a Woody centric episode without it being a Woody centric episode, which I love uh, because I think what makes Woody great is because he flashes so hot in the, with his lines, right? Like bang, bang, bang. Like if it was all Woody, like if they didn't have the other mortician in there and if it, you know, you could easily go overkill with Woody. And that's what I, like you said a moment ago, they never do it. They never go even in the movie. When they've got him dressed up and playing the doctor, <laughs> right? He is fantastic, but it is not uh, overdone. They know just when to sort of to reel him in, and and that's that's one of the things I love about this episode. To me, Billy, this is a perfect psych episode. Oh, hundred percent, absolutely. And the thing with Woody, and you know, we say the key to comedy sometimes is repetition, and of course, repetition would be the key to comedy. But levity and brevity kind of go hand in hand and like the more sparingly you put in somebody that and they're good and they shine the more you want to see them so when we get the little extra woodman here it's fucking unbelievable and and your next note here is perfectly paced and we said this before like my favorite movies like naked gun perfect example super bad perfect example each scene you can just pull out put down and be like this is a great scene on its own they're all funny they all feel kind of self-contained like even like the first scene in the office and then when you meet whip that is that's the best introduction of a guest star yeah. in this series by far yeah and like this is one of those episodes where i could have literally put every scene as a memorable moment right and i've, I've got a whole you know bunch of them here but like this is this is one of those rare episodes where every scene hits it out of the park. And is and, and again, like we'll, we're going to talk about the guest stars in just a moment, but they're all in it just the right amount of time. Right. When we talk about French Stewart uh, and Whip, like he his interactions with Sean and Gus and everyone else is perfect. But there's a large chunk of the episode without him. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's it's great because you're not. It's like you ever saying, oh, well, I need more whip. The episode is lacking more whip. Now, granted, I would love that, but like it's done perfectly in the way that the story unfolds. It 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 it, it really is like our scores are going to reflect, you know, that, that this is a perfect episode. And the other thing that I love about it, too, is that we get the great comedy. We get the uh, the memorable one liners, the lasting one liners uh, that we both use all the time. Oh uh, one that I forgot about that I absolutely love where he says, uh, turn around. Let me see you. Wait, <laughs> rums face me. Rums, rums face me, rums. Right. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but, I, you know, the writers on this, Steve Franks, Andy Berman, which we'll get to in a moment, and James Roday. I love when James Roday is a writer because he I think Part of the reason why we say this is paced well is because of him. I think he knows how to hit those beats. And mm -hmm. this episode has this really nice sort of crime, noir, pulp feel to it, which yes. I'm a sucker for. And the crime is great. The The reveal is great. Everything about it is great. That was the big gripe I had, I think, with the last episode of the episode before uh, was the reveal. And it was just, to me, again, I can't say enough. It's an all-timer. Yes, and the other thing that this show does really well, and it's a little different than, you know, obviously like a Game of Thrones, which is much heavier fare, but they've already killed one of the best side characters they've ever had in Mary Lightly. Yes. And then they kill fucking Whip. They kill And 
like I know it's comedy, but like there's there's stakes in yeah. the episodes of Psych. Like real, like he fucking dies. Yeah, like, and it's comedy and it's funny, but like that gives you like oh shit, like all right, this is like real now. And the way they did it was beautiful. I agree. Like the noir feel, and he just is. He's we'll get into him a bunch, but he was incredible. James Roday, I really like, you know, like you said, when he writes, not every episode is a smash. This one's obviously a smash, but the director, Jennifer Lynch, round of applause for this episode. And then she got saddled with not great episodes in season seven. That is the breakup era of yep. Cirque de Soleil and Juliet wears the pantsuit. Yep. Not the greatest of episodes from my recollection. Those are ones I don't watch often. Conservatively, I've seen this episode that we're doing tonight. 30 times <laughs> um, and just beautiful directing pacing. Everything was great. Rumps facing me. Let me see you rumps. Uh, yeah. She, she absolutely nailed it out of the park with this. Uh, so we, we, we've been dancing around. Let's just get right to the, the, the standout guest stars. There's, I have five, five written down here, Billy. So obviously we're not going to bury the lead here with, with French Stewart. He was, he was absolutely perfect. You put him up there with Nigel St. Nigel, mm-hmm. right? You put him right up there. Mary Lightly. Mary Lightly. Like, these are all characters that we love. They stand out and, and all for completely different reasons. And, you know, we, we sometimes get the guest stars like like you'll get you'll get Shatner. Right. And he's fine, but he's mailing it in. He's not really, you know, whatever. And you, he's you just old. Him, yeah. <laughs> right. But like, I love it when we get these side characters that really like go all in. Right. Yeah, he's in the Mary Lightly vein, I would say. He's a very you know he's odd he's rambunctious he's turtle yeah. like yeah. he's very goofy <laughs> but when i did the clip for this show with him in it just the facial acting well, of yeah. french stewart on like the cutaways because a lot of the times i'll watch this when i'm doing graphics but i made a concerted effort you know the over the last few days when i rewatched this to watch it like fully and like you know watch the scenes as they happen and not just in the background his facial acting sells so much. Yeah. It's like when they're going back and forth and Sean and Gus also play really well. Like I felt like this was a match made in heaven for them. And then um, who's the next one here that we had? Glenna Headley. Glenna Headley. She was great. I yep. thought she fit her role perfectly. Her and mm-hmm. Woody had amazing chemistry. Yeah. Um, uh, this next one, Ivana Milicic. So Ooh. she's a, she's a character. Actor. You've seen her. And a lot of different things. Like you see her face, like, oh, I've seen whether it's CSI or whatever it might be, right? Like she's a character actor. You see her all the time. But she plays Miss Ivana, uh, who is a psychic in this episode, and just Hachi freaking Machi. Look um, into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she nailed it. Chad uh, Lowe wasn't going to kill the fortune teller. <laughs> uh, one of the writers, uh, oh. Andy Berman. I understand you have picture. He played. <laughs> sing and oh. get to the scene at fat ty jones this is this again is this might be one of my favorites it's hard it's hard to pick a favorite it's the that. it's unbelievable it's absolutely tremendous but i'm uh andy berman is not a name that you probably recognize but i i'm look i'm looking at this guy's face and i've always said i recognize him from somewhere and then it hit me right before we went on and i looked and andy berman played chuck from the wonder years like mm-hmm. I knew, I knew it. Like he's, he's, he's on an 80 show. I, I, can, I can fucking, I can pinpoint it and nail it. So that, that was great. Um, and then uh, again, another character actor, uh, a bit more recognizable. 
voice actress. Uh, you've seen her all over the place. Uh, Kate Micucci. Uh, she's kind of um, she's a very unique looking, you know, individual. Mm -hmm. I think it's just you know part of her charm and 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 you know the comedy. And she was excellent. That she plays Penny. Um, and just every everyone here just nailed their parts perfectly. Um, so let's let's just get get to it, William. Uh, you know we've been we've been uh, we've been just dancing around this thing. Yeah, Dan, we've been let's skip the foreplay, get straight to the penetration. <laughs> some some deep, some sweet sweet penny. Um, no flashback scenes. We really haven't got any flashback scenes much this season, right? No, they only really go to it when they want to really set it up, and it's yeah. more conducive to plot structure. I'd say, yeah. you know, they, which I love because I think we mentioned this before. They don't force it. Yeah, no uh, I, I, I spelled sloopy, not I meant sloppy. Okay, so the uh, this the episode starts off right at the station, and uh, Chief Vic is dressing down Woody. Woody is getting sloppy. He performed a recent autopsy on a man named Bob White. And apparently he missed a significant piece of evidence, that being a missing earlobe. Mm -hmm. Now, what he had ruled it an accident is this guy was uh, drunk and hit by a bus. <laughs> uh, but we get introduced uh, to a new character who is a mortician who says that eh, she was looking over the autopsy report. Something was missing. But this little interaction here between Chief Vic uh, who we haven't had a lot this season, and Woody was absolutely fantastic. Because she goes, "There's something wrong with your uh, the the whole clown bit." Just mm -hmm. fucking killed me. I love that he goes back to it too, because I accidentally do this kind of stuff all the time. Like when I was going to um, not Memphis. What's the other big city in that state? Oh, um, Austin. No, no, no uh, the wrong state. It's, it's the bachelor party capital for women. Um, Nashville. Nashville, Nashville. I yes. would always say I'm going to Memphis, and everybody's like, "No, you're not going to fucking no. Memphis. <laughs> you're going to Nashville. You're going to Nashville. Like people were legitimately worried I was going to show up at the wrong place at the airport. <laughs> well, as long as you've got your blue suede shoes on, you'll be you'll yeah. be all set. Uh, but what he goes, is he a clown or an adult clown? <laughs> Children's only clown, <laughs> right? Adults only clown, not a clown of any kind. So Chief Vic decides she's going to bring in some outside help uh, as a consultant, uh, you know, for for this case. And this is where we get introduced to Grace, and she. Well, no, um, she doesn't decide it yet. Grace is the oh, one that's who right. That she enters right, 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 and, right. And right. well, this woman did severed the well. The earlobe was cut. Could be something. They say it's nothing. Woody is all, you know, he still doesn't think it's a crime. And Chief Vic is a little upset and thinks that it could be murder. He doesn't. And then the guys back him up. I right. do love that Lassie's giving him the biz, though. And he goes <laughs> like, uh, you know, Chief, I don't make mistakes, says the guy who left his keys <laughs> in an old woman's spleen the other day. And then the way he turns around and goes, oh, like you've never lost your keys. Like brilliant. <laughs> absolutely perfect delivery it was so like you've never lost your keys like we've all been there like you know someone said something and we you know, we're defending ourselves like mm -hmm. very you know, vigorously uh and <laughs> but what but what what i what i love is that sean has his guys back right john and gus they have what he's back because what he's always been there for him to help him out whether it's to look something up for him or hold back some evidence you know for him or whatever it may be uh and so they got what he's back and they say they're going to do a pro bono 
Uh, and Sean, I fucking love this. We, Sean she says, we're going to go all Haley Joel Osment and pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, why can't we go all Haley Joel Osment and get paid like he did in Country Bears? HGO is in Country Bears. <laughs> yeah, he played a bear called Barry Barrington. By the way, that is one of the... Um, uh, movies they review on my favorite podcast that's not in the DSG. Um, how did this get made? Because it's such a bad movie. <laughs> oh, it's and I remember when it came out because it's like really bad CGI and voice acting in it, right? Um, so Sean and Gus decide, okay, let's we're gonna go do our own investigating. We're gonna go, you know, to the crime scene, and, and it, because he got hit by a bus, I believe it happened at a bus station. And I love this gag here. Uh, because Sean's asking Gus to be the victim, right? And Gus is like refusing to be the victim, and you know, the back and forth are yelling at you. And so finally, Gus lays down on the ground. And uh, one of the one of the things that was in the report was that this one particular streetlight was out, and because it was out, you actually can't see uh gus on the ground so it was very plausible mm-hmm. right that the bus could have hit this drunkard and not known it mm-hmm. right because you just couldn't see anything and then as as gus gets up you know, sean's kind of questioning why only this street lamp uh and then this is where we get introduced to the one the only whip chatterly Gentlemen, my, I ask why there was a man in street cut denim lying in the street while you were making bus sounds in the moonlight. <laughs> like the way he says straight cut denim. Straight cut denim. It's fantastic. But it, you're right. It's it's the way he delivers his lines. It's the facial expressions. It's that classic sort of French Stewart kind of squinty eyed a little bit, you know. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's the cadence of his voice, too. Uh, the way he says his lines, and there's a little, there's, there's this little so, uh, old timey something about this episode and, mm-hmm. and about his performance. Damn you, circadian uh, rhythms, <laughs> <laughs> which I absolutely love. And Sean, you know, uh, you know, says that they're actually pantomime artists from New Guinea, and he introduces himself as a murder expert. Um, Gentlemen, he- my name is Whip Charlie, and I can <laughs> tell you anything and everything. Like that, his like way he delivers. I'm Whip Chadley. Like, yeah. so perfect. It's not his yeah. best delivery of his own name. That comes later with Henry. Yeah. But this is perfect. And, like, the the tension that's created by saying that he's a murder expert, too, and the facial reactions that both Gus and Sean have. Yep. Beautiful. And we get and it's important little detail that we get here where he, you know he's bummed out that he missed that a potential murder happened right there. He was asleep and he's never asleep. Um, and he and this murder just so happened to take place outside of his murder crime, true crime bookshop. Um, and I, I fucking love this scene. But right before they get in there, he goes, "Whip cream, is it? Was it uh, <laughs> right? whip?" cream was it yeah and like his face no yeah yeah. it's perfect and so this is where he goes well i'm sean spencer uh of the uh spbd and this is my partner and he's black what does that have to do with anything no he said i believe our bases are covered yeah you're right right, right. (laughs) so whip is very uh, he knows them because they're to, to him they're 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 uh famous you're like celebrities to me yeah right and uh, so they go into his bookshop and this is, again, he goes on and on about, um, 
you know, uh, you know, all the, uh, you know, how he's so fascinated with, with murder, uh, and true crime. And he's acting really kind of suspicious here without it being like, you just kind of like, what the hell's going on? Cause he's, he's acting a little, like a little shady, if you will. Yeah. I love also that he always does the, uh, this reminds me of a case from 1983. Yes. I read about. <laughs> yeah. And so he's doing that throughout the entire episode. was killed by his own runaway tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the gear pedals were just a defendant dwarf. They never caught that little fella. <laughs> Are you saying the dwarf is still at large? <laughs> Unbelievable. It's my only nitpick of the whole episode is that Gus didn't get it right away because Gus is, you know, sharp as a tack. But, it's but what's great is that. Yeah, is that there's that little delay, and then he comes back and goes, ha, 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 I got it. <laughs> Still at large, right? Like, I, I, I get that, but, like, I think it played better that there was that pause in between Sean delivering the joke, and then the look on his face when he noticed that Gus didn't get it, and then Gus is sort of chuckling, because we've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, jokes, I mean, I'm five, five, six on a good day, are always, you know, always flying over my head. Um, but so they're in there, we... And, and again, Whip is going off about all these things, but he wants to show them something special. This is where he's kind of acting sus. And this is his turn around. Rums facing me. Let me see your rumps. Because uh, he doesn't want the guys to see what book he pulls to open up uh, his uh, hidden uh, his hidden uh, office. Lair. Right. Uh, which, again, is kind of sus. Gus is like, uh, he's going to take us in there and kill him. And when they get in there, he's like, I'm glad I got you guys in here. He's like, why? So, so you can kill us? <laughs> but this is where you know uh whip sort of says well i actually have surveillance cameras and sean goes great so if anyone died within that six three that feet little, radius we're yeah covered. we would add <laughs> so but that was great and then this is where he's like i just really wanted you know this you know, sign my book or whatever and the guys are getting a little kind of freaked out they're getting ready to leave and this is where sort of uh gus says uh you know not Gus, uh, whips like, let we me really follow do, you guys. Yeah. Well, we really yeah. do love meeting a true fan. You know, you're rambunctious, odd, and turtlenecky. Yeah. And like, <laughs> they're trying to distance themselves because they feel a little bit weird about him yeah. trying to tag along. And then he makes the greatest proposal in all proposals. Yes. Right. Where he wants to join the guys. They're a little, they, again, I, I shit you not this line that I'm about to deliver. I say, constantly it's not hyperbole i say this line constantly and i always find ways to use it where he's trying to talk it talk them into letting him sort of tag along because he's like why not take advantage of all of my knowledge right and uh he goes let me be your secret weapon you know i can be helpful and he goes i'll cover the cost for all snacks what kind of snacks mind you that fruit and dried fruit are not snacks the dried fruit, the way he delivers dried fruit, phenomenal. dried fruits. It's and I, I, I can always find a way to use it because Megan is always just like, I'm like, I'm hungry, I need something to, to eat, and she'll be like, Why don't you have an orange? And I go, Fruit and dried fruit are not snacks. And I said that to a patient once because I was obviously, you know, and he goes, What's wrong with dried fruit? I go, I was, I'm sorry, I was just. <laughs> You get like 20 minutes for me to explain it to you. Right, right, right. Well, you got to watch this show site. So, uh, so the guys are in. They're going to, they're going to let, you know, well, Sean's going to let, you know, whip, you know, uh, tag along. Gus, as always, is like, eh, no, this is not a great idea. So now we're back at the, at the morgue, you know, 
Um, and <laughs> so again, here Woody is behind the eight ball. Yes, because they figure out that it's probably murder, and he will recheck the body for signs of foul play. And then, unfortunately, Grace is like, "No, nah, we should probably look at his stomach." Sean has to agree. Yeah. And then what ensues is the best back and forth fight <laughs> of the show. I, I I didn't write it all down, but like my favorite parts because they're they're going back and forth because Move they were lovers. Because right? <laughs> we found out earlier that Woody and Grace uh, were former classmates, uh, colleagues, uh, and and lovers. Briefly right? lovers. Ew. Briefly lovers. <laughs> That was a great, great delivery from Jules. She's barely in the episode, but that was a great, great delivery from her. And so they're just going back and forth. And you can tell it's like there's that sexual tension between mm-hmm. them. Right. And uh, she, the way she says, you look like a big Gerber great baby. Big Gerber baby. I lied. My father was never king of Sweden. <laughs> right. Like, absolutely ha, perfect. Ha, ha. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like. <laughs> We're all just like, go, 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 go. Woody, I'm trying to save your job here. And like, it's it's really like, this is Chief Bick's, uh, Bick, um, Chief Karen Charles Vick. It's her best work probably of the season. She hasn't been in it much, but she yeah. goes, you know, I'm trying to save your job because it's looking more unlikely by the minute that this is going to turn into an unsolved murder and that is not going to be good for you. Yeah, uh, you're going to lose your job. And so they, they dig into the stomach contents mm-hmm. and there's chicken, there's waffle, there's some lemongrass. Greens? Collard? <laughs> and I love how they went from like fighting to then being like very like, boom, into it, technical, right? Mm-hmm. And like, where where could, what place could someone ingest all of these things at the same time, in the way that Sean and Gus just go, Afro tie. <laughs> Fat Ty Jones. Cut to Fat Ty Jones. It's Which is such- a great name, by the way. Oh, my. They, they always have. And then we got to put this in the uh, the fake businesses up there with Lockstock and Two oh, Toasted yeah. Bagels. Oh, 100%. Phenomenal. And my still, my favorite is by far and away, Sean's Cousins Law Firm, Accidentes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Accidentes. Have you heard so of them? They- you will. <laughs> you will. You will. So they get to Fat Ty Jones, and uh, <laughs> I feel tingly. Might just be my shampoo. It has tea tree oil in it. <laughs> oh, my God. By the way, have you ever used a shampoo with tea tree oil? I have not. It is great. Really? You do get, you legit get the tingles. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I could use it. My uh, my <laughs> the person who cuts my hair says you should probably start using some, some product in your hair. It's getting a little thin. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, uh. So- <laughs> No, but I also love how do these psychic inquisitions work? Will we be touching our subjects? Like, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is where we get introduced to sing. So this is this is Afro Thai. This is a restaurant that serves soul food and Thai food sort of together, which sounds fucking excellent, by the way. Mm-hmm. And they're they're holding a picture of Bob White and uh, the 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 owner of the restaurant, an older. Hey. Uh, Asian gentleman, uh, English is a great. He yells for Sing, right? So we meet Sing, and Sing is a uh, is a white guy, and uh, he the, starts talking with Asian. The best part, though, is not the best part, but I really like that. Whip goes, 
he leans and he goes, no, this guy will be more helpful. As, yes, they, see, right, right. as they see a white guy approach and he just goes, I understand you had a picture. <laughs> he just, whoa, 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 whoa. Tone it down, man. <laughs> Don't you think your accent is offensive? My accent offensive. offensive. Your accent's offensive. This is how I talk. I'm his son. He goes, oh, you're adopted. <laughs> He's yes, like, yeah. but from Cosby Show. <laughs> yes, but from Bangkok. Yeah. And then he goes, uh, been here three years, still have a little bit of a twang. The right? twang part kills me. The way he said, and the look on his face as he says, little bit of a twang, it, it kills me every time. Every and this is Andy time. Berman, of course, from the Wonder Years and the writer of this yep. episode and a writer of a lot of the best episodes of Psych. Yes, he's written a ton of episodes. So uh, he's got a great second career here. He's had a great second career. So this is where we learn from him more about who Bob White is. And mm -hmm. we learn that Bob White uh, was a lonely man. He had no honey. Had no honey. <laughs> and he says uh, Bob could not drink. He was allergic to alcohol, which is in contradiction to what the autopsy report said, because the autopsy had his blood alcohol content at 3%. Yeah, it's huge. Um, but he said, you know, um, he, he would eat some plum cake, um, which did have a little bit Teeny of alcohol. Teeny bit of alcohol. Um, <laughs> and he goes, but, you know, it's not enough to, like, you know, give someone that blood alcohol content. And as he's describing the plum cake, they ask about it. And he goes, well, it's like you take a plum from a tree and put it right into a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Straight from a tree. You stick it in a cake. <laughs> and I love and this. Because when Sean and Gus just look at each other, yeah, you want plum cake? Yeah, two. <laughs> no, the best part is the wave comes over the top. Three. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Three. Three. <laughs> so, so the alcohol had to get into, uh, you know, Bob somehow. So this is like, we, we get one of those things where it kind of bounces back and forth between scenes like really, really quickly. So now... You know, they're talking to Woody, you know, at the morgue. And he's like, yeah, he had plum cake, but it wasn't enough. So they're thinking, how did it get in there? Was it possibly uh, injected? So now, like, Woody and Grace well, are. Grace, I think, tips them off to the fact that it could be injected. Oh, yeah. And Woody's yeah, yeah. like, it is possible with yeah. a syringe. So yes. she's dropping hints. And also, one of the key things in this episode, she has a nervous tick where she tugs on her ear and hair a little bit which yeah. is one of the key tip-offs at the end so we do get as always with psych episodes some really good groundwork that you don't notice right away that pays off in the end like the the surveillance cameras that only shoot really small areas right but that was enough and like the little tech like you know tug on the hair because grace other than that if she didn't do that flawless execution of the plan well, yeah, and that's and that's the brilliance of this episode too, because I think what they've relied on in the last several episodes, we, red herrings, red herrings out the ass. They got you going this way. They got you going this way. Bam! Right. This episode didn't have that. There wasn't mm -mm. any real suspect up until the literal end, which I absolutely um, loved. But what else? What, how we end the scene here at Afro or at, at, at Fat Ty Jones? is that Bob had left some tickets behind uh, to some fancy place, and we get more clues here. There's a stamp, you know. There's Carnival. Stamps, right? <laughs> and so 
we'll flash back to the morgue real quick where they found the injection site. It was between the second and third toe. Um, and, and that's, uh, you know, so how did the alcohol got into uh, his system? Uh, so now the guys go to where the tickets uh, are for, and it's a retro dance hall. Diamond and, dance hall. Diamond. And, and so this is, again, another class. I love this scene here uh, because it, I, so I just, I just wrote chesty broads, right? Because that's just me. And you wrote Jesus voluptuous stock. They are very <laughs> voluptuous. Hang on, hang on. I gotta find it. Broad Connor at one. I yeah. do love it. I do love it. But, right. um, Few things about this. The setup to this is great. We get, you know, the, you know, how do you know about this place? I'm a lonely man. Lonely individual as well. (laughs) But one of my favorite things about this scene, and it's so hilarious, is when they enter, they just automatically and continue to just sway back and forth for no reason other than it's just comedy. And I guess it's like that feel of old schooliness. Yeah, but for some reason that killed me because it's like it's got that what 1940s kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it, almost Gatsby like vibe to where the where the women, uh, the the voluptuous uh, babes, the chesty <laughs> broads, uh, are all sort of they're not quite dressed as flappers, but they've got that Gatsby sort of, and it's like where guys can dress up as old sailors right before they take off, gentlemen, leave, right. We are standing in a retro diner dance hall, one of the last of its kind. Here, regular fellows can dress up like servicemen on leave from the 1930s and offer a coupon to trip the light fantastic with one of these alluring and voluptuous women. There we go. (laughs) That line delivery is fucking unbelievable. It's perfect. It's perfect. And Sean calls for backup because he's like, uh, you know, and they call for Henry. And I, I just Henry here is great. He's barely in the episode. Uh, but but this and then like the in the in the last like scene of the episode like he's just there. Uh, so Henry Henry shows up. He's 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 in a suit. He said, like, well, "What do you need me here? We need your expertise. You're old." And I wrote here, no. "Let's go, Big Red." You're dancing expertise. Oh, you're dancing. That's right. You're dancing expertise. Don't don't slack on Henry. That's right. Uh, I fucking love when he goes, "Who are you?" And <laughs> Whip goes, his delivery of. I'm whipped chattily. <laughs> no explanation. Just fucking I'm whipped chattily. I'm whipped chattily. Right. And it is so great. Um, and then <laughs> you can call who are you? Can I wait? Can I call you Captain Magic? Oh, right? yeah. Like it's like Henry's just in heaven because like he's not gonna do it. And then he's looking at this 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 redheaded broad and he's like, I'm in. <laughs> you know, it was just like Bang, bang. Like everything was like so good. The delivery, everything, like the timing of everything was perfect. And so, you know, it shows all the guys kind of dancing with different ladies and it gets to uh, um, uh, to Gus and he's kind of like trying to get information. And she's like, oh, my God, that, you know, I know Bob. Bob was here the other day and Gus informs her that she's dead and she freaks out. And she's like, basically what she says was, yeah, she was. She was here. He was here the other day, and I sent him to a friend of mine for a little help. And who was it that said? Was it Henry? Goes. You sent him to a brothel? No, my my girl operates on a different kind of level. We love Big Sandy. Big Sandy's a more spiritual level, right? Oh yes, a more spiritual level. And I think it cuts pretty much straight to uh, Miss Ivana in the psychic's office. Yes, 
Um, and but she also reveals too that Bob was paranoid that someone was following him. Yes, I wrote following him, following. I wrote these notes late at night last night, and <laughs> he wouldn't hurt a fly. So you're really getting like a sympathetic. His mommy just died. His mother just died. Uh, he would come there to rest on her bosom. Yeah. Uh, also, like Gus just being smothered in there. <laughs> yeah, it was the best. He's like, Ugh. you might want to hurry up. Just- <laughs> Hurry up, boy. I think Gus is losing consciousness. Which you would think Gus would just be in all his glory, right? Face, you know, face full of bosom uh, like that. But we're, I think Whip is also starting right. to put it together, too. Like, this guy is being targeted. Mm-hmm. Someone is choosing this guy uh, and making his life miserable for some reason. So we get to the psychic. And I love this scene because we get smug Gus. We very rarely mm. get smug Gus. And and he's just like, oh, it's like oh, you, shiny boy. <laughs> yeah. And the way, yeah, he's goading her. It's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. I love when she just reaches across the table, look into my brain. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, you know Yo, you're, you're putting, putting your walls wall. up. <laughs> and I love that a, a psychic goes, it's true. I have trust issues. My therapist <laughs> tells me this. Yeah, yeah. And then she reads Sean's mind and they talk about what would you're thinking? What would Ted Knight and Jim J. Bullock have to talk about on the set of Too Close for Comfort? Which is such like a ridiculously deep pull reference, and it's from perfect like seventies. Yeah, and it's perfect psych. That's the kind of like uh, when we created the obscure reference section of the note. Like this is the type of shit that that we're you know used to. But I don't know if this is like something that had been discussed before, but this came up again on the how did this made how did this get made podcast about Ted Knight and Jim J. Bullock being such an odd pairing. So like they were spot on about yeah. it. Like that's hilarious. The banter back and forth here just between the two of them with like the Chad Loge and like yeah. couldn't get with the fortune teller. Like that whole thing is great, but it's also one of the bigger reveals of the episode because while you know, um, Lassie and Jules are searching his apartment. Yeah. We get a lot out of Miss Ivana here that he is infatuated with a woman named Penny. Yeah. And he can watch her all day, whether she's drinking tea or blah, 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 blah. And we find out that she told Bob that she actually liked him too. Oh, what do you know? She was in the old bar. No. <laughs> You're a shot of here to see her. Nope. Was not into him. Just did it for Big Sandy. And they drop on her that Bob is now very upset because Bob is dead and she freaks out. And and, and Sean is pissed because she used her psychic prowess to Mm -hmm. lie to someone, right? But I just love the way that he did. He French uh, whip delivers that line, like, "Oh, what do you know? She was in the old bar." So she f- drops the psychic act, saying, yep. "What now? Oh Russian, my god, guys! I'm gonna go to hell in a handbasket." Russian accent out the window, and uh, what's what's great about this is a subtle little thing because everyone gets excited. The tarot cards that she has on her table get, and so she just has this instinct to just sort of grab it and flips it over. And it's the, the death guy. It's the Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. He says, I see dead in you. Oh, uh, well, uh, and she's pointing to Whip. And I love this. He goes, well, uh, well him, you know, uh, you know, death is sort of my business. And she's like, no, no, no. And he goes, oh, well, mm, it, you see, I have a dead tooth. 
<laughs> and she kicks him out and like whip is freaking out he's mm-hmm. like i'm freaking out right so like this was a great little scene too because like you know they're trying to calm him down he's he's like well what the shit is going on um but they learn about penny right and 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 so that's where they're gonna lead and they get they either call lassie and jules or they call them but you know uh they're in the car and and uh sean goes does the name penny ring a bell and they and they yeah because as they were searching his apartment they found you know a letter or something addressed to a penny or a note written to penny or something like that i do want to make quick note of this because you have it in the notes and yeah I don't want to just breeze over it here when he's saying, I yes. feel like I would like to leave the residue of this deadly cryptogram to those far more equipped to decode it than I, what yep. I'm trying to say is here. I am freaked out. Yeah. And then he asks, you know, they were like, we can give you a ride home. And he's like, I was going to get out of the yep. line <laughs> to make a quick stop at Arby's. <laughs> and like the way Sean and Gus consider it, they go, no, that's actually happening for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Because they just looked at each other, it was like it was like no hesitation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that that's happening. Um, so like it was just again, just scene after scene after scene is just like I, I wrote notes for this episode mostly because I wanted to make sure we had specific things. I had the order correctly, but I think you and I could literally just go through this episode from memory, mm-hmm. uh, and because that's how memorable it is. Like every scene you know, sticks out. So, you know, while this is going on, right. As I mentioned, Lassie and Jewel are, are yeah. Lassie and Jules are at Bob's apartment. There's nothing really there except for, you know, the, they, you know, they come across the name Penny. So they all meet up at Penny's and what we learn about Penny's and, and Penny is, you know, played by the actress, Kate Micucci, um, is that she's a performance artist. And this is a quirky fucking scene, which, at first, like, seems really odd, but works perfectly. And it allows Lassie to kind of be Lassie, but also, like, get made fun of a little bit, which I thought was great. Uh, but this whole idea that, you know, she is a performance artist, people are going to her place to watch her make tea, do the laundry, X, Y, and Z. And they sit and they're all sitting there in the chairs and they're sort of critiquing it. And it's like a, it's like a stage play to them. And <laughs> I and love you, when yes. they approach and he's like investigating in this uh, case has been like a view into the underworld or a underbelly, yes. <laughs> a seedy underbelly. Yeah. And Carlton's just like, no, nah, it's okay. Like I adapt to any situation situation. I am a master chameleon. And then at the same exact time, him and Gus go, you're not a master chameleon. Then they walk in, see this like little dollop of a woman, and Jules goes, hmm, underbelly. (laughs) And they reveal to the audience, and like they don't know what to do. And Lassie's like, Are you going to help me out here? He's like, Break a leg, Master C. And then they go and sit down in the audience. It's great. It's a, it's just an absolute it's great and it's it's awkward too because she continues the performance mm-hmm. and and Lassie and Jules are trying to uh you know get information from her and so <laughs> they, they're out finally she he gets her to like sit down they start to interview but the audience is still watching the guys are like 
I, I don't really, I'm not oh, really buying no, this. Sweet Bobby, my sweet Bobby. <laughs> yeah, so they tell her he dies. And so she's like, oh, no. And she starts like, yeah, he just did. Just overacting. Big, big time. And he's like, no, really, get them out of here. Yeah. Right. Uh, so she gets up, she takes a fucking bow. And and what I actually loved um, real quick is, is you know, whatever you've seen Kate McCoochie in, right? She's always bubbly and, and whatever. And in this scene, she goes from like that bubbly character all of a sudden when she drops the facade, she has a little bit of an edge to her. And I thought that 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 played, you know, really well, especially for the scene. And it was a little out of character for her. Um, and so they're like, first they ask, well, why do you why do you do this? Well, she goes, well, essentially it beats, you know, only fans, right? Whatever she called it, you know, uh, what? And then. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, webcam. Webcam, right? Yeah. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Right>? like <laughs> you know, it's all the same shit, right? Uh she because I think she said it beats me a webcam girl or something like that. Uh and then she it goes sure beats the hell out of my last gig doing spots for how's a meat. <laughs> <laughs> then Gus just is like, You the house of meats girl. How's You're a, the how's baloney a... girl. I knew I recognized you. I just couldn't remember from where. How's that? How's that? How's the meats? You tell me. Ba 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 baloney. Right. And then at last he just looks at him. And the the best thing. Are you gonna quiet down, Guster? Ba 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 baloney. She does it twice. He says, but, but but even better than that is that there's a back and forth, and then the camera's on Gus, and you can hear him. You can literally hear him singing the song in the head. He just pauses, it going. Like, blah, 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 baloney. like it's still like in his head, like just that little glimpse of him just doing that little head bob uh, to the jingle uh, is absolutely uh, perfect. Um, but so this is where she says, like, yeah, he's been stalking. I told him to beat her. I was going to call the cops. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so. You know, she says, you know, I, I told him to leave. He left. I noticed that he went down that way towards the alley and then a black SUV picked him up. No, a black Impala. Oh, sorry. Yes, a black Impala. The most popular car in America. That is what threw me. That is a fucking hilarious statement from Lassie. I don't know if they got paid by uh, whatever the um, uh, William Shatner car thing is. Autotrader.com oh, yeah. Auto or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. that was also an odd drop in there. Uh, that one made more sense. I just love he's like, oh, only the most popular car. Nobody but fucking see, that, drives a new Impala. But that <laughs> like, strikes me as a very lassie yes. thing for him to sort of be in love with. You like know, a Ford Fusion when he right. and his sister sit down. Right, right. And uh, any idea where he went after you ripped his heart out? Uh, stepped on it. <laughs> but yeah, this is where he found. Okay, so so someone had, was was targeting poor, uh, mm -hmm. poor Bob White. And uh, we're back at the morgue. Oh, hang on. Oh, what I miss at the end of the scene. Uh, when they, you know, get to the like the climax of the scene and it's like, uh, you know, he went off that way. Gus just goes in a really sad way, just goes up, 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 baloney. Okay. And then they cut to her and she's just like, gives yeah. like this like stone face. Like that's that's I, something I that they've been that. doing yeah. recently too and like i would like to have a real comedy writer on and like ask them what that is like called it's like probably called like a capper to the scene yeah. but even like the hjo uh Haley joe osman thing when they're walking out of the room 
uh lassie's just like oh he's not really like a, a kid anymore he's a young man i mean that's like, right <laughs> like check his imdb just like little extra things to the end of each scene are really like yeah. it's just a nice way to finish it off yeah <laughs> I, I did forget about that so they're they're at the morgue uh and and so <laughs> this is great because now you, you're starting to get them like off the rails just a little bit and she is very much like woody uh and <laughs> so Woody's like going through his fingernails and he's like oh i found you know pieces of, of paint chip in the fingernails uh with outdoor preservatives and this is where sean's like or gus goes things you might preserve like a mural preserve a mural and then when she busts out the creme friche right and they're eating the strawberries mm, and that the is creme fresh, friche, fresh. And then <laughs> what he just goes, I think I've squeezed everything there is to squeeze out of these intestines. <laughs> what you're doing is positively disgusting. Will you stop you messing with do- that? <laughs> Why are you still doing that? Because it feels amazing. It's classic, right? Absolutely classic. But they make reference to the mural, which, uh, you know, was uh, by the alley by. Um, Whip. Uh, yep. So they get there, and this this was great. So the killer had picked Ali, uh, could pick Bob up in the alley, drove him to the mural. Um, and again, we sort of get this, you know, call back to the beginning of the episode where now Gus had refused to be the victim. Sean's giving him an opportunity to be the killer, and he still refuses to do it. Yeah, just like Blair was a Blair Underwood and Just Cause. Yeah, right. And so, you know, Sean's able to irritate him enough to do it. And so you're me, bludgeon me, bludgeon me, bludgeon me. <laughs> and when Sean does a thing up against the wall and like simulating, like scratching his fingers down the mural, like how he might get paint chips mm-hmm. uh, in his fingernails, he notices something. And this is the first time we get that stamp clue where we get the classic psych thing where Sean's going through uh, his fingered eyebrow device and all the different places where he remembers seeing that stamp. It was on that wall. Uh, it was on the tickets to the uh, uh, the Chesty Broad Dance Hall. Uh, it was on uh, inside the books at Chip uh, Chip Whip Chatterley's bookstore. Mm-hmm. And so now, because the whole time, right, this is one of the things Gus does. It's like, he did it. He's obviously the suspect, right, because he's the creepy weirdo. Uh, obsessed with murder guy he wants to live in infamy because that's one of the things that whip had talked about like why he's so obsessed with serial killers is that like with a single act they can live on forever and i love that and i guess when i said earlier there wasn't any red herrings this was a small brief one and it, it, it worked really well because you're thinking oh here's this great goofy character that we're like of course there could be an evil sinister side to him right which would have been a great twist but I'm glad it wasn't, even yeah. though at the moment you're thinking it is. They go. It's the Black Impala. Whip is dead. He did. He did. Um, suicide. Suicide note. Case closed. So we think. Yes. And it was. <laughs> and so this was like, OK, here we go. But, you know, there's still time left on the episode. Right. And so but like, it makes sense. So now you're thinking, OK, how are they going to like what's the motive still we still don't know what the motive okay if, if whips to kill him then why did he single out bob he wanted was, to kill somebody right was that it like it seemed like there was, there was sean's was not the only guy kept it. a regular schedule he was a perfect mark yeah so they get back uh you know to the morgue and um <laughs> t 
damn it, Whip Chatterley, you ensnared us in a game of turtleneck lies, and we didn't, and you didn't get us any snacks. Sean's pissed that it was it was him, uh, and they didn't get the snacks. Um, but <laughs> and I. <laughs> You can't be sure what a person is capable of until you see them make it. I'm almost positive that's how the saying goes. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we're it, it seems pretty cut and dry. They're in the blueberry, and I loved this. I thought this was a great device uh, to, to further the, the plot of the episode uh, where they're in the blueberry. Sean has uh, a voicemail that he missed. He listens to it. It's a butt dial from Whip, and uh, it's the sound of him killing himself. And after you hear the gunshot, you hear a door close. Yeah, so Whip, as uh, Grace would say, was crafty. Yeah, <laughs> she's crafty. What? what? Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and so now you're going, well, fuck. How, how could he have killed himself and closed the door at the same mm-hmm. time? Absolutely impossible. So now um, the guy's like, well, we, we got to go back. And John talks Gus into going back and investigating. And I love this scene because they get there and Gus opens up the refrigerator, you know, in the garage. What? With it. <laughs> and there's a Yoo-Hoo in there. And he's about to crack open the Yoo-Hoo. The Yoo-Hoo. And Sean goes, no, you can't do that. You're going to drink a dead man's Yoo-Hoo? Whip may be dead, but the Yoo-Hoo is very much alive. Right. <laughs> And then, as they're walking in from the garage into the live, into the into the bookstore, quickly, I'm hungry, dude. I, I gave you my cakester. That was almost a half an hour ago. Right. <laughs> oh, have you had cakesters uh, recently? Are those the Oreo ones? They're Oreo whoopie pies. They're fucking delicious. Oh, I've yeah. never. I've seen them. I've never dabbled. Oh, go go dabble. Go tomorrow. Oh. William. Quick side note, and uh, totally to do with this episode, I went to two stores today looking for fucking turtlenecks. Not a one. Not a, not one. a one. And, like, I went to Kohl's and TJ Maxx, which are, like, not fashion forward, if you Those will. Those are two places I would expect to find turtlenecks. Years ago. But you know what the funny thing is? You know what's back in style? The ascot? turtlenecks so they wouldn't be at those two stores oh, right. if you went to h&m if you went to fucking um express turtlenecks out the wazoo i didn't have time to go that far because i was going to be fully rocking the turtleneck and blazer would have been because tremendous. it would have been great would have been tremendous and i said well we should have some plum cake but i don't know where the fuck you get plum cake i've never had to, plum cake. i think you have to make it like i looked it up there was no i went to wegman's as well because yeah. all in that little shopping plaza no plum cake no turtlenecks, nothing. I'm I even look- went to fucking Dick's Sporting Goods to see if they had like the old school, like oh, cold gear fucking yeah. ones. No, nothing. What you need is a dicky. It's like a oh, turtleneck, right? It's not the yeah. full shirt. It's something you put mm-hmm. on under your shirt, right? Uh, <laughs> dicky. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, what, what I love here is that as they're in the bookshop, right? Gus is still fixated on the Yoohoo, and Sean goes, not having the Yoohoo won't kill you and gush just goes it did whip <laughs> <laughs> so sean is is going he, he remembers he was able to figure out how to open up the secret room into whip's office there they get in there 
and they notice a book. It's got some pieces of pages missing. And then on one of the surveillance tapes, there's this odd looking character in a trench coat, in a fedora. Um, creepy Sherlock. Uh, creepy Sherlock. Um, it's got to be a. Um, uh, it's got to be quality on my end or it's not whatever. Uh, oh, fedora. Thank Stanzo you. Yeah. Brand. Danzo, thank you. It's a Stanzo. They're nice. They're nice. <laughs> and they're like, this is weird. It's like, that must be the person uh who killed whip that must mm -hmm. be the person you know that we're looking for and we don't know who that person is and then we we, we cut to the morgue and what he is like uh, he's looking through the he's going you know down through the throat yeah he's I'm, doing I'm like sure. one last sweep through the case because it should be case closed uh but he notices something in whip's Oh, as he's doing Stopagus. as he's doing whips and autopsy, he pulls out this metal capsule. And um, you know, like the case should be closed because all right, suicide note, he admitted to it where opens it up and there's little bits of paper in there. Um and and so we as the viewer, right, can can put together those are the bits of paper that were missing from the book that Sean and Gus, you know, were looking at. And then um, Grace is kind of like, what are you doing? He's like, what is this? Like, oh, I, you know, just, you know, found this little piece of evidence in here. And then all of a sudden she pulls a gun out. No, actually, she doesn't. It takes a few minutes. She's like, oh, this is a huge. Break. Oh, right, 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 right. She's right, trying right. to play it off a little bit. Yeah. And then what happens is Sean and Gus call Woody. And yeah. he's like, "Ooh, I should tell them about the evidence that we found. Yes. She's like, no, yes, I don't yes, think yes, you can yes, do yes. that. It's like, come on, banana. <laughs> it's yeah. not that hard of a task. Even I could do it. Right, right, right. And that's when she pulls the gun out. She says, who do you think's fingerprints are going to be all over that capsule? And I love this line she delivers here where she goes, all you had to do was cover him up, close the case, and take me to bed. And eat some cookies. <laughs> to which... <laughs> to which so we'll go two for three. <laughs> right. always, always the optimist, Woody is. And I, and, and I love that. So that was, I thought, a great reveal. So it turns out, you know, in this scene, you know, uh, it's Grace. She was the killer. She was the one in the surveillance video. Um, she's the one that sabotaged Woody's case so that she could get in on it uh, because she uh, she wanted to prove herself. She was jealous. She was jealous of Woody's success. She hated the fact that she was a glorified, you know, makeup artist as a mortician. And, uh, you know, basically she wanted to prove that she could be a top notch uh, pathologist. And I like I, I don't know, like she's psychotic. This worked. Everything about it was great because you had no idea it was her. Right. And usually like, OK, when you have a guest star on there, you, you figure they're going to, you know, probably, you know, they're going to factor into it somehow. And when Whip killed himself at that moment, you're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, he was the creepy dude. He did it. And I remember the first time watching this, and I had no idea it was her. And Sean put it together because on the surveillance tape, he sees her, he sees the character pulling at their ear, and he recalls Grace doing that several times throughout their encounter. So, like, all the breadcrumbs were there. And, and I think I noticed, too, when she was pulling on the ear, it's when she was stating something that only the killer would know like oh the blood alcohol or like oh, it was right, like right, almost right. like a nervous tick yeah so i really loved that element of it too i also loved 
Woody begging no. for his life. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. when he goes, I still haven't seen Gloria Estefan in concert. It's such a Woody line. So like, fucking great. Yeah. So bang, that's reveal. We get to the end scene. And this this is fucking fantastic. They're in Chief Vic's office. She's like, Good job, Woody. You've saved your job. You're reinstated. <sighs> and uh <laughs> he thanks the boys. He goes, It's easy, it's just as easy for me to love a man as much as a woman. We're all just meltable flesh and breakable bones. And then, like, Woody's like, he's all jazzed, right? And he's like, Chief, uh, are you currently seeing anyone? And uh, don't be coy with me. I don't need to play first fiddle in this. Uh, Bluegrass band, uh, Bluegrass band, teach me the notes. The way he says, teach me the notes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Teach me like, the notes. Teach me the notes. And they're like, Woody, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Right? I am married, and this is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> I guess it'll just be uh, in my dreams that uh, you are the chief of doing me. Okay. <laughs> it was just like. <laughs> it's great. It was so perfect, Woody. It was great. And then like it cuts back to the uh, the, the dance hall and it's just Henry mm. head on uh, on two pillowy bosoms. Just slowly going back and forth, and then we get the credits and, and the music. And it was I don't just... I don't know if it's Moonlight Serenade, but it seems like it's Moonlight Serenade. So yeah, it's yeah. It was just it was just the just the perfect way to end the episode. So Billy, hit that sounder, baby. Take us to the Thundercats. Home. Oh man, so like we don't we don't have to belabor this because like we've. Everything really was a memorable moment. You know, we loved the beginning at, at, at Whip's bookstore. The, anytime they were in the morgue, Afro tie, the psychic, the dance, all pennies, dancing, all of it was fucking perfect. I will say, though, the meet cute between Sean, Gus, and Whip, phenomenal. And yeah. the Afro tie with uh, Andy Berman. And that, I understand you have a picture. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then when when Sean actually in the in Penny's house he goes he had no honey that is yeah. not racist that is exactly how the white waiters sound ask Gus <laughs> like that brilliant <laughs> fucking brilliant oh and then just one last time when Henry goes who are you like kind of <laughs> incredulous and he goes I'm Whip Chatterley <laughs> I'm Whip Chatterley. <laughs> Just Unbelievable. so good. Uh, least favorable moments are on. Get the no. fuck out of here with that. This episode was perfect. Um, favorite character, Billy. I think we're both uh, in strong agreement here. Whip. Yeah, it's whip. Whip whip with a fucking bullet. With a bullet, but a strong Gus episode for sure. A strong Gus episode. I You have Gus and Sean as second and third. I would have, I, I would go for me. I'd go whip, Woody, Sean. That would uh, be Woody. You know what? I yeah. didn't even. Woody should be probably two. Yeah, because Woody was like the uh, uh, just the for the center. He'd be the chief of uh, doing me in my dreams. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like Teach his back the and forth there. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, you move your lips when you read. <laughs> I lied. My father was never king of Sweden. <laughs> He's he is. <laughs> Him, I mean, Andy Bernard fades pretty fast. Well, not yeah. pretty fast, but he has like three good seasons in um maybe two. 
in the office. Yeah. Woody is one of the greatest additions and he's not as big of a character as Andy wound up being or was, but like his addition to this show is such a brilliant like spot. And like for, for episodes at a time, you don't see him. Yeah. So you're, you're waiting, you're wanting and like he fucking delivers. And just a visual of him playing the Spanish doctor always gets me. Uh, so let's let's bring this puppy home, Billy. Hit that last sounder for the people. Boom, boom, boom. Muffins. Um, apparently there was a, a, a fridge magnet in Bob's house of a pineapple. I didn't mm. see it. Next time I watch it, I'll have to look uh, closely for that. Um, we really didn't get a Gus uh, nickname in this one. And this is my partner who's black. Yeah, Uh, but we did get a description of Lassie as one of the audience members described him as Detective Gangly. Mm -hmm. Um, No stage presence. No stage presence. Um, The fake business jobs, obviously, Fat Ty Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, Henry, Father of the Year moment. I mean, him buried in bosom was just stellar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obscure references. We've mentioned a bunch of these already, but like Gary Sinise. Wait a second. His delivery of like, uh, if there's a crime, if there's a murder to be solved, no one is better than me. No one. Maybe Gary Sinise. (laughs) Maybe Sinise. Maybe maybe Sinise. His delivery of Gary. uh, Maybe Sinise. Maybe Sinise. Maybe cities. Um, yeah, yeah, you buds from Cosby, mm-hmm. um, Ted Knight, Jim J. Jay Bullock, Bullock, uh, too close for comfort, Blair Underwood, and Just Cause, Cakesters, Hot in Cleveland was mentioned a couple of times, right? Back to back episodes of Hot in Cleveland on DVR or TiVo. Yep, oh, I thought the guys were going home to watch uh, Hot, in Hot in Cleveland, and then a nice red shoe diaries. <laughs> You're not often you get those, <laughs> right? No, no, those are those are few and far between. Those, those, those. Those take me back more to my self-discovery days. Um, rating, Billy. Pineapples. Come on. Eight. Yeah. Solid eight. Eight, And eight. for those of you who might be new to the podcast, it's we do it eight out of eight. Because eight, eight seasons a psych. Uh, so you, it don't get no better than that. Uh, so, William, Delaney the third. Come on, son. Come on, son. Come on. Get that body with that bull. Come on. <laughs> what do we have coming up next week? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we have... Season six, episode 15, starring guest starring Anthony Anderson, True Grits. So I'm going into this with an open mind because I maybe have seen it three or four times. And that's low for me. On I, just re- I just remember him annoying the shit out of me. And I remember being pissed off at the ending. That's what I remember. I think I remember I don't like the dad. I think he's a classic, again, character actor. I think he's a soap opera actor as well. Yeah. Um, very recognizable face when you see him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe Bert would know him from all the movies that he watches, <laughs> but it's just for some reason this episode doesn't like. I only remember like the twist at the end that like the father winds up being like the actual killer, and there was a DNA and the whole rigmarole yeah. thing here. But I remember. To- yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, we get to a point in Psych now where the highs are ridiculously high and the lows are a little bit low because, you know, season seven has four or five of my all-time favorite episodes. And then it has episodes again where I've seen it like three or four times. Yeah, there's a lot more peaks and valleys than there are like just that steady... Um, you know, steady batting average that we're used to from mm-hmm. say seasons three through five. 
I will say for me at least, maybe uh, we'd have to go back and look at all the ratings, but I think there has only been maybe two or three eights in a season max. Yeah, if that, right? If that. Season seven has a couple of eights. Yeah, we and... don't we don't we don't dole out eights uh, willy nilly. We we dole out seven point like Eights. zero to seven point six willy nilly <laughs> like <laughs> everything. So like our scale is actually really from like six to eight. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Although we have given a couple of sub sixes, very right, rare, so like a five point five to eight. <laughs> yeah, right. that's basically the window we live in. But I'm yeah. cool with it. Like I'm cool. We we love the show. Yeah, well, yeah, and and that's why we do it. And like, it's it basically is this: like, your upper tier psych episodes are the seven in the sevens, right? And then your second tier psych episodes are in the sixes. No, I would say our upper tier episodes are like seven point three. Oh yeah, <laughs> like right, our right, mid tier right, right, episodes right. are like six point seven to seven point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we're very very fine tuned. You we're, know, we're like, very generous, but you know what? We love the show. And, you know, yeah. we're not yeah. going to make any bones. We, we you know, that's yeah. what we do. Yeah. So with that, William, my friend, where can the people find us? Anywhere they would like. Twitter, obviously. French Stewart just interacting with us tonight. I didn't. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did he, uh, did he reply? Uh, whip. <laughs> he replied. He retweeted it. No way. Yeah. And Vanessa Stewart, uh, actor, writer, producer. Maybe that's his wife. I don't know. Uh, it must be because her banner is whip <laughs> or it's uh French Stewart. So we're getting interactions with whip tonight. Yeah. Know. Whip baby. We'll find this. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are, uh, I believe figuring our Twitter handle off the top of my head. It, the it, pineapple boys. It is duh pineapple boys. I'm always, uh, we want to be dem, but there's not enough characters. It's the I've heard of both ways podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Go follow us there. And then for our podcast, anywhere podcasts are available with the rest of the dork shared universe. You can find us all on the Facebook page. That includes dork Mac and goo. Your other podcast, one of the biggest comic book podcasts in the world. TLDR, your <laughs> other podcast changed my mind and my other podcast, the preeminent Scream podcast, PCP. Hopefully, Scream will be doing a few more movies so we can get a few more podcasts. And I believe that's it. Nice. All right. So, uh, until next week, William. Wait for it. Leroy Jenkins. Frank says hi. Suck it, Davey.